1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's Friday! Get your Friday started off right with Dukes and Bell. Man, we've been uh, talking about a lot of different things today. If you're just joining us, so we hope you listen every day. Mike, make sure you follow the show at Dukes and Bell 929. We're going to put the best pictures out there coming off the weekend. uh, Hashtag Dukes and Bell tailgate at home. It is a long weekend. President's Day is Monday, so we'll be back on Tuesday to bring you the latest. And... uh, All-Star weekend as well this weekend. There is a lot going on, believe it or not. It sounds feels like a slow weekend because, Mike, it's the first weekend without
3: football. I know. I'm turned to hockey, my second love. But, uh, yeah, man, you got the All-Star game weekend going down. Pitchers and catches already doing their thing. We'll talk about some baseball moves, by the way. Some interesting stuff uh, out there in baseball. But, yeah, I just – this is one where I'm, I'm like – I'm ready for, you know, for me, honestly. I just quit Billy talked about earlier. This is what I kind of really focus on motorsports. Yeah. You know, I love uh, I love Formula One. But we got to wait a few more weeks for that. But NASCAR's got the Daytona 500 as well coming up on uh, Sunday.
2: Yeah, Super Bowl, Super Bowl of uh, NASCAR. Hey, if we uh, – if you didn't hear this, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, Fred McGriff, when he got into the Hall of Fame, when it was announced, he came on the show. And we love Fred McGriff. The crime dog is a super nice guy. He was great for the Braves. But we find out today, we asked him during the interview, what team is going to be on your plaque? And he was like, oh, fellas, I don't know. I don't know. And then he comes out today, Mike, that uh, there's not going to be any team. He's chosen not to have a team logo. On yeah. his Hall of Fame plaque.
3: And I uh, I joked around on Mike Bell ETL. I posted, I said, that the one cap he should wear would be that big styrofoam trucker hat for the Tom Mansky mm-hmm. defensive skills video that he used to pimp back in the day. But yeah, his, he's got a tie to uh, the Blue Jays early in his career. A couple years with the Padres. He's all over the place. Was here with the Braves. But I mean, I just think a lot of Braves fans felt, well, he's our guy. And then, of course, he spent time in Tampa, grew up there, and played for the Rays. So I guess... But for lack of um, put words in Fred's mouth, he didn't want to alienate any of the fan base because he had ties to everybody and had great times at every spot along his career. So
2: you won a World Series in 95 here.
3: I would say you'd like to see him in the Ace, uh, Yeah. In the A for
2: Atlanta. Uh, but again, that stands with the Padres and Cubs and Dodgers. I I, I respect this. Um, you know, you would just hope that the fan base that cheered you on to a World Series, which is us, mm-hmm. this, this city, um, would be a part of your Hall of Fame experience. But at the end of the day... All you got to do is read the plaque, right? If he he chooses not to have any team on there, just read the plaque. You know uh, what his accomplishments are and and how much time he spent in these cities.
3: And Scott Rowland was a Philly on a card, and he's going in as a card because that's where he came up. Scott Rowland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's
2: how I view him. That's the thing. When you view a guy a certain way, even if they – some guys have had two careers, right? You spend 10 years in one place, you have success, and then you might go, I don't know, five, seven years somewhere else, Mike, and let's say you won another World Series. Mm -hmm. How do you decipher? I've always said the team that if you got drafted by a team – and had that kind of success, or you were a free agent acquisition and yeah. you spent significant time in that city,
3: that's how you're viewed. Yeah, and I guess some, some people are making the case, well, shouldn't he wear the hat for the team he got the most success with? Well, I mean, he was certainly, he had his best numbers were with the, with the uh, Blue Jays, and then with us, of course, he got the World Series uh, with the Braves, the crime dog, so, yeah, I, I get it. You hate to see somebody wearing the generic. I'm
4: so impressed with the instruction videos. <laughs>
3: I give them my full endorsement. That's the only game. And for a younger audience, real quick, there was this old videotape. Tom Imaniski was a baseball scout, and it was every Little League coach. I know my dad had it for my kid brother, and he was the guy. They had Fred McGriff, like somebody in Florida during spring training, wearing the goofy-looking hat. And he looks at the camera. I give it my total endorsement. Do you remember what he told us? He didn't make any money off of that.
2: Do you remember? Tom was a buddy of his. He, yeah. he didn't, he didn't make any money. That was shocking when he said, right. like, what? What do you mean? That thing was everywhere. But right. it was a different time. Um, right. Anyway, man, we wish Fred McGriff all the best. Coming up, we're going to talk more about our Hawks. The All-Star break is here uh, this weekend. Saturday, they'll have all the festivities, three-point shootout, all that stuff, and then we'll get a chance to see the All-Stars. And then, as we said, this break continues for our Hawks, nine days counting now, and uh, the countdown is on before they play the Cavaliers back mm-hmm. here on uh, Friday, February 24th. Yeah, and just,
3: you know, hoping... Look, we've tried to be as positive as possible, and we've tried to keep the glass half full. But you guys look at the same stuff we look at. And, you know, Trey said they were, they were certainly taxed and it's time for a break because they played three quarters of the season, just 23 games left. But I just... I don't I don't know what people should expect. The schedule is still pretty difficult, the teams that got to play. But you've... It's still... Had you... Con- Again, I'm not. I'm. have had this conversation fifty times. If you can just put a run together, win seven of eight, and and finish over five hundred, you got a great chance to be in the playoffs, locked in in the sixth seed, as opposed to the same nonsense we went through last year in the play-in game. Seven
5: of eight. <laughs> not happened.
3: <laughs> Twenty three games. What if we? You made that sound so easy. Well, you just win seven of eight. Seven of eight. Well, the Bucks just rolled off eleven wins in a row. They're the Bucks. Yeah. How about uh, go fourteen and nine?
2: I don't see any of this happening. 13,
3: do you 13 and 10? Stop searching. This, do you see this happening? No, I think this team's going to be we're in the same boat as last year. Not we're, me personally. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk
2: about Trey coming up. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 929 <laughs> The Game Turtle. Let's get to the top three. It's time for the top three at six. Top three at six. Now let's see what we have here. Couple of things going on. Flood. The Bucs have won 12 in a row. Yeah, and they did that last night where Giannis basically on the bench with his finger uh, against the Bulls. Uh, while we're talking basketball, I want you to listen to KD. Mike and I played this earlier. Kevin Durant talking about he was upset with the way things ended in Brooklyn. He's not going to be at the All-Star festivities either. He's healing up, and, and it, it's, at some point we'll get a chance to see him with the Suns and the new-look Suns. You
3: tell me he goes to play with Kyrie and Harden, and it didn't turn out the way he expected. Listen to him.
4: Yeah, I was upset that we couldn't finish. I thought we would have some good momentum. We were finally building the culture that we always wanted. Every game, we were building our chemistry. But I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization. So I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court. and. Uh, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. His game, he's a Hall of Fame player, a great, great player that can do everything on the floor, and we relied on that. So without him, we didn't have a clear identity. So that was tough for me to stomach, and you know, I love playing with those guys throughout the year. I felt like we had dudes that were stepping up and doing stuff that they didn't do on their previous team. So I enjoyed everything about it, and it was tough to not finish the season, but you know, I just tried to, move forward as quickly as I can and try to figure something out for myself, but also still focus on trying to rehab and get back. So it all happened so fast, but I'm glad it worked out this way. Sounds different, doesn't it?
2: Like, it, it sounds like, you know, a real reflection on a guy who maybe has had some time to say, Hey, wanted to play with him, but it didn't work out. The, the thing that stands out to me, Mike, is when he says, I had no idea what Kyrie was doing. You two wanted to play together. You didn't speak. Kyrie no, never he's came got, to you. he has got this last year in his contract. Kyrie never came to you and went, "Hey man, this is just not working. Look, they're not going. They're disrespecting me. If he felt that way, which he has said, he and I'm not going to stay. He never said that to Kevin Durant. Like that's the hard part for I me to know. believe. Maybe Kyrie just gives him video rental ideas. <laughs> Anyways, that's Durant. Uh, uh, it's not working. It didn't work, and now they're playing in, in, in different areas of the country. D- Dallas and, mm. and Phoenix, we'll see what happens. I mean,
3: you, you and I talked about it earlier. I mean, we, we mentioned you know LeBron with Kevin Love, and you know they didn't communicate, and these guys are all in locker rooms, so you'd think there'd be some basic understanding of where things are going. So I don't know. I, I, I will say this. If they can continue to hold serve where they're at right now in the Eastern Conference, I believe they are the fifth seed. And by the way, the Knicks are now hanging in at six because they the they, Remember I told you the Heat were, were right for the pickings? Yeah. Um, anyway, the Nets are still 10 games over, and uh, if they can hold on to that fifth spot, that's a hell of a job by Jacques Vaughn when you consider you turn the entire roster over in the middle of the season.
2: No doubt about it. Hey, meanwhile, Tiger Woods, uh, we're watching as we speak. Uh, the guys are finishing up. Remember the time change out there in California, but – Mike, as I said, he hit some really good shots today, but he was one over. Mm -hmm. This is Tiger talking about how he felt coming off of round one. He had a stretch where he had three birdies in a row. There were stretches today where he could have had multiple birdies. Just didn't play out that way.
1: There's nothing like coming game time. Just the feeling of the butterflies and trying to calm all that stuff down. The adrenaline, the ball goes further, even though it's cold out here. And we adapted very quickly. And uh, as I was alluding to earlier, it was an unbelievable pairing. So to have those two great guys and uh, two great loops on the bag, Uh, you know, Bonesy and Joey go back forever. So um, it was a lot of fun.
3: Hey, the good news is I guess some of the field has come back. And the it's the top sixty five get to advance. Tiger right now makes the cut. Projected cut is plus one. Oh wow! That so would be right great. now, the, you know, earlier it was uh, at even. So uh, whether guys are struggling, but the, the good news is Tiger will get to play on on Saturday and Sunday.
2: Yeah, I, I'm telling you that the putting this course with the the greens it's been tough for everybody. Like yesterday, you thought guys were going to just double their score right. and come out and shoot, you know, seven eight under and it'd be mm-hmm. fifteen under top of the leaderboard. It hasn't been. I mean, I'm looking at this thing right now. It's still you know nine and eight
3: under, and guys have. Have dropped back. Rory is actually third right now at six under. He was uh, two under today. So, nice, nice round. Keith Mitchell is the leader. Colin Morikawa has got, obviously, major win experience under his belt. Rory talked about the uh, you know the, the new golf series on Netflix, which is really cool, and you get to see these guys behind the scenes. And you know John Rom, big I love that guy, big galoot. He's won over today. You mentioned he's kind of struggling. He is at five hundred, but a lot of big names. Cooch from Georgia Tech also at five hundred. Cooch, hey, we've been talking about
2: spring training. Grant McCauley came on the show talking about the new pitch clock. Guys, Braves are already every team. Around Major League Baseball, they've got these pitch clocks in front of their guys because they got to get them used to it, especially guys that didn't play in the minor leagues last year. The pitch clock was in the minor leagues. It was not in the majors. Here's what Grant said about it.
5: Well, there's a couple different things there, and it's interesting you brought up Spencer Strider because I spent about 20 minutes watching him throw today. I want to ask you
2: guys a question. Dukes and Bell with Sports Radio 92.9. Again. Okay, can I answer too? Everybody can answer. What's the most important thing to Trey Young? He's not at the All-Star festivities hmm. this weekend. Um, I would tell you that the first three seasons was very important to Trey, and I'm not saying this because someone in his camp told me. I'm just telling you that part of Trey's makeup was I got to make sure that I get a Supermax, that I get the, the most money I possibly right. can. And the only way you do that, Mike, is put up numbers mm-hmm. and get voted to the All-NBA team, which he did. I think he was 13. Um but but what's the most important thing to him? And, and if I asked you that, do we really know? And the reason why is because there are some guys that you know winning trumps all. Meaning, mm-hmm. if I'm not playing for a championship or if I'm not striving to get to a championship, it, my, my, my week, my year is ruined. And then there are other guys who go, well, if I score 30 and I give you 15 assists or I score 28 and I give you 10 assists a night, I'm considered to be one of the best basketball players on the planet, which he is. But if it's not important to you to win chips and you're willing at any cost to do that, meaning get rid of your friends, move on from players on the team that may or may not be working, do whatever it takes. And I only ask the question because, you know, after being voted to the All-Star Game and then this year he's not voted to the All-Star Game has that taken
3: something away from the, 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 the luster of Trey when you say how he's viewed around the league, Mike? Well, I mean, it, it all kind of started last year with the comments. If we take the timeline, and again, some guys go, here we go. Yeah, but here it, it was said. Trey said he was bored with the regular season. The team kind of reflected what his best player had to feel about it. We got knocked down in the first round because we had to go and play the uh, Hornets right. and then the Cavs and in the plan. And in the Miami series, it's the first time where the Trey we got to see – who looked like this Reggie Miller kind of attitude and swagger, I can take on the Knicks, I can take on the Sixers. He looked really human against the Heat. They, they doubled him, they got physical, they bracketed him, and he really couldn't do anything. And he struggled. And then, of course, the only thing that was a saving grace, DeAndre Hunter goes for like 31 in the Game 5 elimination. So he, I thought, okay, we realize teams have changed their approach to Trey. So he see, he talks to Nate, if everything's accurate, as, as was reported. right? Nate goes out to Oklahoma. They talk to the GM. Hey. We'll go get you DeJounte Murray. How's that sound? We'll make a deal. And then you can move without the ball. Scoring should go up. That's what I thought. And then this year, it's just kind of more of the same. Now, assists are up. So, yeah, he's up half an assist. But uh, three-point shooting is way down. And three-point shooting attempts are way down. So, I don't know. I mean, I, does it does it matter to him? Is Why, why are things is, – is it Nate? Is it the supporting cast? Or is it some of this – can you actually say Trey needs to take a more aggressive role in where this thing is going? Or is it all of the above?
2: Maybe all of the above. At the end of the day, 5, 10, I don't know how long he plays. Mm -hmm. We're going to be judging Trey on one thing. Did we win chips? Fair or unfair? Because you had this monster trade, Mike, that happened where people view the guy that we traded for to be a better overall player. Again, I love what Trey Young brings to the table. And I said this, we we lobbied for him to be the guy prior to the Hawks right. picking him. But that's all we're going to care about. And when this is done in 10, 15, 12 years, whatever it might be, we're going to say, hey, do we have a chance to play for a championship? And if we did, then he did his job. But if we didn't, and he's got all these numbers and all these stats that we talk about, I don't know if that's really going to matter. And I'm not putting this, you know, like I said, I don't know what he cares about. That's why I'm asking you guys. Because so many people have said, does he care about winning? I don't know. I think winning is important. But I also Hmm. think when he came into the league, Mike, it was a chip on his shoulder to prove that I'm one of the best players. And then you get a $200 million contract which says you are, in fact, one of the best players in the league. Now I need to know if you care about winning. I understand the other part of it. I get it. But that part has been proven. You've
3: gotten that deal. Does he care about chips? Yeah, and and what I mean, you said it. What is his motivation? Because if you're saying to be considered one of the best players of your generation, Chris Kirshner had an article in the Athletic earlier this week that said that Trey was invited to play. And remember, they do, they kind of they did the Jerry rigged uh, Atlanta NBA All Star game during COVID like the COVID year, and that Trey actually was invited as an injury reserve and declined. That's what Chris Kirshner's got. And so, all right, so you, you say you've been disrespected. Here's a chance to come and play in Atlanta. And if you get in the game and do your thing, you can still take it over. And he didn't want to do that. He was asked about the All-Star game this year. And, you know, he said that's staying in his lane. He's very cryptic about the answer. So, I mean, what is your, if you want to be considered one of the best, you want to be involved in the All Star weekend. He's very strange in how he answers those questions. And then when we talk about accountability and we talk about saying the tough things that you hear from DeJounte Murray, you hear Jason Tatum say after a Celtics game, you've heard a lot of players say, Dame Lillard says it every night. You never hear that stuff from Trey. So, Carl, I have no idea what motivates this guy. It's, I know it's, I, I don't know where he's at. I don't know if his father is too much of an influence. I don't know if he's got people around him who said, hey, man, you, you've reached him. I mean, cause he wouldn't be the first athlete where you reach a level of success, and it becomes a different dynamic in how you approach your, your job. No doubt.
2: It's year five, by the way. Yeah. It's year five. I know it seems like it was just yesterday we drafted him, and, oh, here comes this young guy from out Oklahoma. It's year five. I, I don't know if we put too much on him. Some guys have said, Dukes, it, it's going to be year eight before we really get a feel. Year before. eight? Yeah. Right. Before we really, you know, know him and he's gotten into a point in the NBA where
3: he's in his prime and he's a different. OK, so year five. I mean, first off, guys, Michael Jordan, yes, you, you can't do it by yourself. You need pieces around him. So eventually we will get better pieces. But is he going to still be here when the new pieces come? Because it gets back to your question about what motivates him. Does he feel disrespected? Does he feel... I don't think that being playing in Atlanta is that hard. This is one of the easiest towns to do well or do poorly, because no one really gives you the heat you get in other cities. If I'm honest, so I mean, I don't, I don't think you guys always get worried if we criticize Trey or something. He's gonna go, oh, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> Come on, that's that's just plain silly. And if he played in Boston or New York or Chicago, he'd know what real or Philly, he'd know what real heat is when you don't perform. I just think that not
2: being at the All Star Game, I wonder if it bugs him. That's what I'm asking you. Oh, it definitely bugs him. Does it? Oh, I think so, for sure. Has he played like that? Has his team played like that? Did he use that? Has this team s- responded no. like that? No. no. I'm going to tell you no. no. Well,
3: I'm going mean, to tell he, you did no. Did he use the snub? Again, well, wait till you see Trey. Well, you get blown out and humiliated by one of the worst teams in the league in Charlotte. And then against the Knicks, who are, again, with the playoffs and a big stake in where you go on the line, we don't pull that one off either.
6: But what does this team need? Does this team need Trey to score 35 a night? with 12 mm. dimes, or does this team need w- the best player on it to step up in a different way? That's what This is the argument I'm having with people uh, everywhere. They're like, you're too hard on Trey. Because we know Trey can do it on the court. We've seen yeah. it when right. it matters. Right. But this team has moments where if – I know you want to b- blame Nate, but in the NBA, right. I'm sorry, but players matter more in the NBA than – than coaches do we've seen LeBron do it well he's not LeBron okay but you tell me he's a superstar no if Trey is a superstar then he's going to do the things that LeBron and Kobe and and Steph Curry and these other guys do and that is take control of the team off the court yeah. and on the court and lead you through this well, And I'm not seeing that we haven't seen that since the the playoff run and the biggest moment in the playoff run was game seven against the Sixers. And who was the guy that, that was the biggest contributor that night? Not even on the damn team anymore. Bo, it's
2: why I've said the Celtics are rolling not because of Joe Missoula. <laughs> They're rolling because of Jason Tatum right. and Jalen Brown. they got accountability. And they've got veterans on that team who get in and understand. You can change the coach this is what I'm talking about. How did the Celtics all of a sudden go from a team that, oh, my God, what are they going to do without Ime Udoka, to still being one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference? You're exactly right. And, and, and I think
3: t- to the bigger point of does it bug him,
2: we're going to find out. We're going to find out.
3: Yeah, I mean, th- this one is it's always becomes the chicken and the egg, and, t- and Scribbly just pointed it out. Nate did Nate specifically say we want you to get more other guys involved. So he's up uh, just over an assist. It's half an assist. It's his numbers is actually 0.6 Carl more assists this year. I I don't know. I do, I just don't and when I hear the man speak and when I hear the man do interviews and stuff it's just kind of blasé and it's kind of like he's just it just I don't know. Maybe that you know that could be his personal style. Steph Curry has a style. Everybody has their own kind of way of doing things. I don't know. I just think when you, at some point, there's got to be the mantle of leadership or the focal point. Like, this is my team, let's do it. And if he's tried, has he tried that? And if he has tried it to the team, does the team tune him out? Because remember we had that thing with him and John Collins a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who is, this team may be a rudderless ship. They don't, look, they don't listen to Nate. Nate's going to be gone next year, one way or the other. Trey, could you, what could Trey do to yeah. your point? How does he step into this void? Yeah, but and what, does Trey say, that's not my job?
2: We're talking about Trey, though, specifically Trey. I asked the question he's a real, I, I as we started this segment. Passive-aggressive superstar, how's that? Well, I asked what's important to him. I didn't say what's important to Nate or John Collins or anybody else. He is the number one Uno star on this team. He's 24 years old. And, Mike, to the point where guys are saying, Dukes, you got to give him some more years, that's why. They're saying he's 24. He's young. Dude, give him a break. Like, all of the things that you want him to be able to do, he's going to fall in and, and be able to do those things. Okay. four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. You can text us. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports I'm Radio. Lie, it's a lot more boring than the playoffs. <laughs> Sports, Sports <laughs> Radio 92.9, the game. I hope it's bugging him like heck to not be there with his peers because he knows he's one of the best. And I hope he comes back in the second half or the next 23 games and says, if we don't play like we need to play, he needs to be ripping people. That's what I'm saying, Look,
3: Mike. Yeah, and the other thing is, everybody always comes up. We're guys on the text line, doesn't play defense. Well, again, there's a lot of guys who don't play defense in this league. And there's actually been games this year where Trey has played some. He's Better. been involved. He's yes. been involved, at least defensively. Again, it's it's like everything else in this city, like Desmond Ritter and everything else we discussed. And at least the Braves got a championship. Georgia's got two. But there's a lot of stuff in this town that there's no black and white answer. Yes, right. I know what's wrong. Right? I mean, there's, there's always this sort of gray area. And the Hawks are one gigantic gray area in 23. All right, guys. Uh, Mike is actually, he's got a flight
2: delayed, so he's sticking around. We are going to uh, do a very easy game winner. It was part of our poll question today. And we asked you, who is the person, man or woman, past or present, the sports star that you were most captivated by ever? I said today Mm -hmm. as I turned the television on and I'm trying to find my streaming services Tiger has always been that guy. Right. No matter what he's doing, winning or losing, I'm like, I got to see what's going on. Today, he didn't shoot 12 under, but I was captivated by Tiger Woods. It can be anybody, Mike, any era, man, woman. Mm. Who was that sports star
3: for you? When I was younger, it was Mike Tyson. Mm. You know, I, I started with Tom Seaver as a kid. Doc Gooden was a guy. You know, you know me, Bernard King was my guy, but the guy that ca- we're talking about captivated, where you had to know what was going on. and yep. You couldn't miss it, and to your point, you got to find a TV when he's on.
2: All right, that's our game winner 404 929 We're taking your phone calls. You only get one. Who was it for you? It's Dukes and Bell.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make
5: ordering from your couch easy.
4: And the winner is... Time to take the game
2: winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't
3: stink. Call now, 404-741-0929. Today's question... All right, man. Me and uh, Carly, the last couple days, it looks like Tiger's going to make the cut. Uh, Current cut is... Even, well, no, that's not bad. that Check that. Carl, no sooner I said Tiger's going to make the cut, the cut's back to even right now out at Riviera. Oh, it so, change. Yeah, so uh, it all depends on the volume of players and where the scoring is, how they get to that 60, you know, top 65, or in this case, 66, plus ties. Either way, uh, we were captivated by what Tiger could do because we're always intrigued as golfers. You know, we don't want to be golfers. We do the best we can. And how he'll handle the adversity and how he looks, etc. So, yeah, Tiger's that guy that's transformative. Tyson was that guy for me. You now there's a lot of athletes, so but the one that you just you couldn't miss, I guess, is what we're looking for, right? Yeah, and, and I just it's weird
2: because there's just so few where you and I say this about the NFL. And by the way, there are no wrong answers, but arguably the greatest quarterback just retired, and the NFL is in great hands. Right. Like you, you want to see Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes is on Sunday. You'd watch. Right. Um, because they've got these young and upcoming stars. And and I think sometimes in these individual sports, Michael, where you get you – know, you said it, the pitcher matchups, mm-hmm. right? You could talk about Maddox and Smoltz. Right. Where I can control a game, and I have to see if he's going to be able to do it, those are the situations. And, and mm-hmm. I think for me that Tiger has just been that guy over the last 25 years where if he was on, didn't
3: matter if he was winning or losing, if he was making the cut, <laughs> I had to see what was happening. So there you go. We set it up. Who's up first tonight, Chris? Jay, hey, man, you're in the game, bro. Who is that transformative athlete for you?
4: Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. Hey, man, it was Kobe for me, man.
2: Oh, mm. good call. Mumba, Mumba for life. Mumba forever. I'm with you, Kobe. Yeah. And even his last game, right? right? I mean, think about his last game where everybody's like, this is Kobe's last game. And you knew he was going to put on the show. But I just think those big shots, you go back and look at all the big shots he made for the Lakers over the years, mm. money,
3: money. Who's up next, Chris? It's Chris. Hey, man, you're in the game, bro. Who's the athlete for you?
5: Hey, man. Hey, man. So many to choose from, but I'm going back to my childhood. I remember seeing him in the 1970s World Series, and when they panned the crowd of Yankee Stadium – me and everybody else was going crazy when the stir that stir the straw that stirred the drink came <laughs> up to the plate, Mister o- Mister October, Reggie Jackson, right. none like him, none like him. A man with an ego as big as the great
3: outdoors, but always stepped up for the biggest moments in baseball. Yeah, Mister. Listen, when they call you Mister October, right? Come on. <clears throat> I love that book. I'm not even a Yankee fan. anybody who's uh, got access to it, the Bronx Zoo is a great book, which gives you – it's one of the first now. There was Ball 4 from Jim Bouton, but the Bronx Zoo is Sparky Lyle's tale of the 78 comeback when they're down 14 and a half games at the Red Sox. Billy Martin gets fired. There's enough stuff in that thing for three movies. That's the one I thought – remember you and I discussed after winning time? Yeah. I'd love to see HBO take that. Then you can also do New York City 77-78 mm. and all that that entails because they did such a great job of casting the Lakers from Showtime. Who's up next, Chris? Swede. Sweet. sweet. Who's it for you, man?
5: Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, just, just a comment. I'm not a big basketball fan or aficionado, but I've got to say the sound bites you've aired from the Hawks coach, he's disengaged, disinterested, and uh, Mike Bell, you'll know this. He's a schnor is what he sounds like. <laughs> uh, move, moving right along, Sandy Koufax. I saw him hmm. many times at Dodger Stadium behind home plate from dugout boxes. And he had it all. Uh, fastball, change, screwball, curve. He was fantastic, and he was my favorite. Thanks, guys. Love the show. the appreciate
3: that. No, the correct use of Yiddish would be a schlub. A schnore is like a piggy. A schnorr is mm. like somebody who's like, uh, the guy who comes to your house to a bowl party doesn't bring any beer. That's a mm. uh, you know, Being like sort of a schlep is just kind of like, ah, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know if Nate's a that. A schlub. But he's saying he sounds like that. Yeah, the energy. Yeah. Energy-wise. Yeah. Hey, Chris, who's up next? Adam. Hey,
4: man, you're in the game, bro. What you got? What's up, guys? Hey, man. Hey, man.
3: Hey, man. Is that how y'all do it?
2: Good. Good. I like that. Hey, uh, man, that came here- out of nowhere. Like, what's up, fellas? <laughs> hey, man. the energy up. Love it. Hey, uh, my hero is Trey Young. This guy is gets, makes uh, $40, 50000000 million a year, can call a game if he has a broken fingernail and make a couple hundred dollars for. Not even showing up. Ooh. That's the sports star that captivates yeah.
3: you. He's being again he's being Tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Or clip. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to end on that note, Chris? No. No. We must end with positivity. Although some would say we've seeded the we've sowed the seeds of discontent with race attitude at times. Hey man, who's up next?
2: I'll finish it off. I'm going to say Mariano Rivera for me. Okay, nice. That's what you were holding up in there. That's, one, one pitch, guys. That's what you were holding up in there.
5: All right. One pitch. He's Different right. time. No, Different he's time. he's right yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, to see no, him? Carl. I was holding up the three home runs for Reggie
4: Jackson oh, in the World I Series. Oh, I didn't understand what I was you holding were
2: holding up the three. All right, I thought you were holding up a number that uh, for a player that you enjoyed, John. Uh, John Chuckers in here. Who's the Who's the person sports world that captivated you? Like you had to watch. You have to watch whether it's now or past. You're like. They're on. I've got to see them. Hmm. That's a good question. John uh, says that's a good
3: question.
5: Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> LeBron in his prime. Okay. Michael mm-hmm. in his prime. Um. Right. Those were those were a couple of guys that every chance I got. And mm-hmm. and Magic was. Was the other guy growing he up? That was another I mean, guy that, we mentioned yeah. earlier. Like, I, you
3: know, Doctor J was the first poster I had on my wall, yes, and Doctor J was that guy because my first game was actually an ABA game, not yeah. NBA. But yeah, that's him. I too.
5: Saw that. I saw that team that won the NBA title play the Cavs up at Richfield Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Moses, wow, the seen.
2: old Richfield Coliseum. Right, yeah. <laughs>
5: what a dump. Sweatbox. That that thing became a homeless shelter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All these old convention centers and arenas back in the day before they started constructing these new, Mm -hmm. they were all dumps.
5: Well, it was Richfield Coliseum was in the middle of the snow belt. I mean, it was literally right in the middle of the snow belt. So it was like the most disastrous weather that you could get in and out of there. (laughs) Believe it. What do you got coming up, man? Uh, We'll talk to Kurt Heelan, and uh, we'll talk some NBA and some Hawks uh, with him. And um, we're going to talk to Evan Mack. He is the host of the new uh, Kick Rocks podcast. For uh, Odyssey 2400. Okay. So we're promoting that a little bit. So we, cool. uh, we'll we talk some wrestling with him. He's a wrestling podcast host now. So
2: uh, And he's getting a bunch of guys on, I'm sure.
5: Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Right. Not as many as I do, but, <laughs> I mean. <that's> a, right <laughs> on. You
2: know, he's, yeah, he doesn't get as many as yeah, I do. I mean, not
5: the level of the guys I do. I yeah. just talked to the owner of AEW. So, But anyway. All uh, right, man. We'll, we'll get to all of that in we'll four s- hours.
2: Stick around. Chuckery's coming up next. Hey, man, let's get out of here and start our long weekend. And clear our throats.
5: Dukes and Bella are wrapping up another show. So,
2: it's time for... Let me clear my throat. On Sports Radio 92.9. Oh. The game. Hey, big shout-out to our guest today. Uh, Chuck Smith stopped by. Also, uh, all these interviews online at Odyssey.com. guys. Um, we got a chance today... Um, we were talking about a lot of different things. The All-Star Game, again, is this weekend. I'm not trying to tell you not to watch. I'm saying the Slam Dunk Contest, for me, has Mm. run its course. But I'm watching the All-Star Game because I want to see the the best players in the NBA competing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm. And then, Mike, uh, next week when we come back, we're going to start diving in to potential combine conversation, meaning who's going to go there, ball out, have a great combine, and in, increase their draft stock, uh, uh, Stock that is, as the combine is getting ready to start here at the end of the month. Hey, man, Chris, by the way, have a great weekend. Chris, you're on for us Monday, is that right? Yeah, I'll be on uh, noon to 345 tomorrow, and then in for you guys, 2 to 6 p.m. on Monday. Right um, on. Make, President's Day special. Make sure you listen to that. Bo Morgan, executive producing, have a great weekend. Again, President's Day, we're back Tuesday, 2 o'clock, we will be here. Mike, enjoy your trip. Have That's fun. I hope you guys enjoy uh, the time out there out west. Hey, man, let's get out of here. Clear
3: your throat. Hey, man, damn, I wish I had a jump shot or I could hit a curveball. Manny Machado, this is not even NBA money. It's baseball money. He signed an unbelievable $300 million deal four years ago. He's going to opt out at the end of this year. He's going to forfeit $150 million and re-up and bet on himself. It's kind of what NBA players have been doing later. Shorter-term contracts had an option. He's going to exercise it. Carl, what if I told you you're going to say, yeah, $30 $30 million, now I'm going to pass on that because I could probably make more somebody else.
2: It's crazy. Hey, I got to get out of here. Tiger Woods is on. If you love the show... <laughs> Tell your friend. If
3: you don't... Nah, I thought Reggie was overrated. Hack journalism.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.